0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Thriving Female Podcast. This is the podcast that you need in your life if you're a stressed out professional woman who wants to get back in control of her body and her health and well being in 2024 so she can feel confident, attractive, in control, and actually enjoy the life she has worked so hard for. This is episode two. We're already in the second week of January, which I can't work out if that feels really crazy or like January is taking forever. I don't know about you, but I feel like Christmas always goes by so, so fast. And January seems to drag on for like six months. I think it's something to do with that early December payday and everything finishing kind of a week before Christmas for most of us. And then January kind of feeling like a very long month, but we're in January. We are ready to go. And I know for a lot of people, um, particularly with health and fitness being my industry, that January means that it's time to think about your health, whether it's diets, losing weight, doing six week challenges, eating healthily, joining the gym, it's everywhere. I feel like I can't turn on, never mind social media, because obviously that's a massive part of my job, but I can't really turn on the TV. I was watching Saturday Kitchen at the weekend. It was all about healthy eating and all of that stuff and dieting and weight loss. It feels like it is everywhere at this time of year. And a lot of us are thinking about it. And one thing that I have been seeing a lot of focus on In the media, in terms of you know podcasts and social media content, is the idea of healthy eating from a wellness sense, glow ups, nourishing your body, these kind of wellness lifestyle holistic approaches to diet to changing your body. Influencers like Deliciously Ella or Madeline Shaw or the Hemsey Sisters or the Doctor's Kitchen or there's loads of them out there. I could probably keep listing and listing. And I appreciate some of these references might be a little bit dated. Um, but there's loads of them out there. I keep turning on TikTok and turning on TikTok. How old am I? Opening TikTok and seeing different versions of this, different um, influencers from all over the world talking about this kind of wellness, nourish your body, glow up approach to health and fitness. And I used to love this stuff. When I first got into fitness, This was probably the thing that attracted me to to wanting to get healthier. Obviously, I wanted to change my body. I wanted to lose weight. I wanted to feel different. And when I looked around for approaches, it was this stuff that really attracted me. It was the, the aesthetic, you know, cute mason jars of overnight oats or smoothie bowls that were piled with like goji berries and stuff. Um, and the, the women all looked incredible, long, beautiful hair and amazing tans and beautiful white teeth. And they were looking really leaned and lean and toned in their yoga outfits. They would always be in the area of London that I lived in at the time. There were loads of little like Pilates studios that had like smoothie bars. And the whole aesthetic was very wellness, very yummy mummy, very, it probably wasn't Lululemon, but it felt very Lululemon, at least back then. This was sort of the, the mid 2010s. Um, but it was very. It's. I still see it now. You know. If I, you walk through Clapham, you can't really escape it. This kind of very wellnessy, glossy, um, shiny version of health and fitness. It was something that really attracted me, and it was something that I. I fell into the trap of thinking was the solution, and I have a different opinion now. And I wanted in this podcast to talk a little bit about about that approach to health and fitness the pros the cons my own experiences with it and give you some ability to make up your own mind with it I think that's really important I'm not going to tell you what to do I'm not going to tell you um whether this is the right thing or not I'm just going to give you my opinion and um give you a bit of information because I I really believe and it's a like a central tenet of how I coach that knowledge is power and when you know about how your body works, how food works, how exercise works. When you know the facts, you can make an informed choice. So don't get me wrong, a lot of what these sorts of wellness influencers talk about is very, very true. There is no doubt, I'm not gonna go against people who are a lot of the minor scientific experts, Doctor's Kitchen, for example. I'm not gonna go against the, the science of it. You know, Eating 30 different plant-based foods a week is great for your health. It's something that we should be trying to do because it's really good for you. Fermented foods are so great for your gut health, and if you struggle with any kind of gut conditions, IBS, it's a really good thing to include. Eating foods that are high in vitamins is great for your immunity. Having protein in your breakfast is a really good thing to do. But the lifestyle that they push and the world that these influencers live in, it's not realistic. I mentioned that I kind of fell into this trap. I used to so badly want to be one of those women that had that glowy wellness life. I spent a fortune, absolute fortune on buying into that aesthetic, whether it was like mason jars or um, like beautiful little lunch boxes for all of my meal prep or the glass water bottles because I believed that plastic was going to kill me at one point. Um, I really bought into that whole lifestyle, the yoga bags, the, the outfits. I really wanted to be it. But I also, I had a full-time career in banking. I was commuting at that time anywhere from, I was in the middle of moving house, so anywhere from an hour plus a day or two two hours a day each way to my job. I was working in the office full-time. I was stressed. I was really busy. I didn't have time to wake up and do yoga with my crystals. Like I was rushing out of the door to get on a train at six o'clock to be in the office to start work. And I also... I really enjoyed eating out in restaurants at the weekend. I loved having a glass of wine, not necessarily to get drunk, but because I loved the experience of, of drinking wine. I had to socialize a lot with work in terms of client events and stuff. The world that those women lived in was nothing like the world that I lived in. I didn't have the benefit and the um the lifestyle that would allow me to live the life that they have. We just lived in very, very different worlds. And I remember going into um a bookshop on Cheapside in London and buying, I think it was a Hemsley and Hemsley book. I'm not entirely sure. It was either that or Madeleine Shaw. And I'm trying to live by it for about a month. I remember buying it and going home to my partner and being like, right, I'm going to get healthy. This is it. Like, we're going to make all these changes. I'm going to be healthy. I'd done so many of these things before. I'm sure he rolled his eyes. In fact, I'm pretty sure he did. And kind of went, all right, Amy, you crack on. Let's see how long this lasts. And, but I was really excited because I looked at the pictures in this book and thought, you look great. I want to look like that. I want this lifestyle. All the recipes just really like sold me on this, this dream that I could be this woman that, you know, in a month and six weeks in six months that I'd be living this whole new life and everything would be better. At the time I was quite overweight. Um, I was, I wasn't massively overweight at that point. It definitely got worse, but I was, I wasn't in a great place with my weight. I really hated my body. I was in a really kind of bad place with exercise at that time I also had, um, I'd just been diagnosed with IBS, having struggled with my gut for years, like really struggled, went through all the tests for like Crohn's disease and colitis and celiac disease. And they couldn't find nothing wrong with me. And so it was decided that I had IBS, but I was in quite a bad place. Like after every meal, I'd look six months pregnant. I was being sick a lot. Like I was not in a healthy place, but I thought this is it, this is gonna transform my whole life. And it was a nightmare and I'm not exaggerating for one. I had to cook all of my food from scratch, which doesn't sound like that stressful. But I'm sure if you're listening and have a job like mine was, I was working 12 hour days. I was exhausted and I was used to cooking and meal prepping. I would often cook my food at the weekends and then have like a couple of boxes ready to go or things that it, well, I could kind of pop in the microwave. But a lot of these meals were quite hard to reheat or to store. You know, you needed a lot of fresh ingredients. I also lived in a part of London where getting a lot of these ingredients was sometimes challenging. I was having to like walk to different supermarkets because a lot of supermarkets didn't have a lot of the stuff that I needed. I think that's probably less of an issue now because I think supermarkets have improved since then. Um, and I could, I could do online shops, but that was quite stressful. But it also meant there were parts of my job that were stressful and that sometimes working in an office, I really enjoyed popping to prep once or twice a week to buy my lunch. On a Friday with my team, we'd often go out for lunch, go to a Nando's or something for a little bit of a team lunch. And I felt like I couldn't do any of that because what the meals were asking of me, what the kind of the tenets of the nutrition philosophy were asking of me was quite hard to find in a prep or in MS food or in a Nando's. And so I would really, really struggle. And when I would end up going into PREP to buy my lunch because I'd forgotten it or because my partner had like picked up my lunch by mistake or because we had a team lunch i'd feel really crap about myself because i felt like i was letting down the team letting down the side and so i'd almost treat it like a guilty a guilty pleasure i would you know rather than just having like a salad from pret which probably would in the sensible option i'd be like oh well, fuck it what's the point i'll get a pret love bar and i'll buy a load of crisps and i'll have a full fat coke and i'd almost i was so all or nothing with it that it felt really impossible And then let's not even get onto the cost of it. It was such an expensive way to try and get healthy. I restocked all my cupboards with all these better ingredients, all these health food ingredients like chia seeds and coconut oil and jars of beans because that's apparently better than tins, which in certain recipes is true, but not for every meal. That's very unnecessary. I only bought like particular like vegan dark chocolate. I was, um, you know, buying loads of fruit and veg that were then going off because I wasn't able to cook it all. It was it was chaotic, but the biggest problem with it, and the thing that annoyed me the most, was it didn't work. It didn't fix the problem. I actually had reached a point before I went on this diet. My, I was getting my IBS under control. Under control. I kind of knew what foods triggered it. Um, I knew what I was doing, and this approach, this kind of wellness approach, adding loads of new foods into my diet, changing massively, kind of the way that I was eating, having these like really calorific. OT breakfasts it was chaotic it was awful a lot of them those foods end up triggering my IBS I had a really bad skin flare up for some reason which may just have been a bit of a purge but it wasn't great I didn't feel super energized partly because of the bloating but partly because I was just still shattered and I felt I was kind of because I was so all or nothing with it because that's kind of what this approach asks for I was feeling crap about myself and just feeling really really low but most importantly and the reason that I felt so low was I didn't actually lose any weight. In fact, over that month, I gained six pounds. I gained half a stone trying to eat healthily. And there were a few factors to this. For one, I didn't actually stick to it the whole time. I had this very all or nothing approach with it, which was definitely a factor, you know, when I couldn't get, when I didn't have my meal prep with me, I would go to prep and go, what's the point? I'll just have whatever I fancy. And I probably would have ended up eating more calories. Um, When I did go out for meals at the weekend, I would well and truly hit that fuck it button because I just wanted to enjoy my food because I felt so miserable with the food that I was eating during the week. The wellness approach was so restrictive, this kind of approach that, you know, I couldn't have these foods, certain foods were bad, certain foods were unhealthy. It was never labeled as bad, but it was always certain foods are unhealthy, certain foods are um, not going to help. And these foods are going to give you the glow. These foods are going to nourish your body and they were foods that I didn't particularly enjoy or made me feel a bit crap. So I would then go completely the other way when I went out at the weekend. But also when I look back now, now I'm a bit more educated at a lot of the recipes that I was cooking. I'm not surprised I gained so much weight. Even if I'd stuck to it completely, I probably would have gained weight because a client recently sent me over an overnight oats recipe from one of these influencers for me to take a look at and ask him what I thought. And I was horrified when I saw that it had three tablespoons of coconut oil in one serving. That's 320 calories. Now there is nothing wrong with coconut oil because no food is good or bad. Coconut oil is really tasty. I really recommend it if you're making curries and um, as long as you track those calories in, if you're trying to lose weight, it is a great thing. But this was an overnight oats recipe from a book that was claiming that it was going to help you transform your body and your mind and yet this overnight oats recipe must have been 750 calories. And this is a massive issue because so many of us, and I definitely did this, confuse healthy and low calorie. They think that if I just eat healthily, I will lose weight. And health eating healthily is not about fat loss. Eating healthily, and what a lot of these wellness influencers are really pushing, is giving yourself the right balance of vitamins and minerals It's getting enough proteins, carbohydrates, and fat. It's about giving your body what it needs to function at its best. That is obviously a really important thing. And that's what a lot of these influencers and these kind of wellness approaches to health and fitness are pushing, which is brilliant. And there are some issues with it, but for the most part, what they're pushing is giving your body what it needs to be nourished and to have everything it needs to be healthy. And it is true. In many cases, that moving from less nutritious options to more nutritious options away from and I hate this phrase, but I'm going to use it here away from unhealthy food to healthier food can help with fat loss. You know, a banana is not magic, but a banana does have less calories in it than a family sized pack of Maltesers. So if you have a banana instead of that family sized pack of Maltesers, you're going to be losing weight so eating healthily can help with fat loss but the fact is if you want to drop body fat if your goal is to lose weight if that is why you are getting involved with a health influencer you need to be in a calorie deficit eating healthily can make sticking to that deficit easier it can mean that you have more energy it can mean that you stay full because you're eating foods that a really high volume it can mean that you feel good in yourself you feel nourished and healthy and whatever but ultimately if you're not in a calorie deficit you're not going to lose weight. You can only lose weight if you are consuming less calories than you are than you are using. It is not about aesthetic smoothie bowls or avocado on whole grain toast or chia seed smoothies or whatever it might be. It's about reducing the number of calories. And that I think is the challenge with a lot of these influencers is they push this idea that if you eat all this healthy food, you're going to lose weight without looking at the bigger picture, without looking at actually the calories in calories out. And it's why with my clients, I always look at both. We will always look at the, if their goal is weight loss, the quantity of food they're eating, whether it's through calorie counting or other means of managing your intake. And we'll also look at the quality of food, getting variety, getting fruits and veg in your diet, getting plenty of protein, looking at the amount of processed food they're eating, because it's important to find that balance. But that's what the the wellness community doesn't do. The wellness community doesn't think about the calories because they're pushing a different lifestyle and a lifestyle that for a lot of people isn't particularly achievable. I'm sure these women can lose weight or maintain their weight eating these foods, but they also probably have time to do a whole lot more exercise than most professional women do. They're also probably genetically blessed. They probably weren't the fat kids at school, the ones who've always struggled with their weight. They're probably not the people who've done diet after diet after diet. I think it's important to remember that eating what she eats doesn't mean you'll look like her. But also the thing that annoys me the most with wellness influencers, and it's the thing that probably prompted this podcast more than anything, is I think this approach of thinking about healthy food massively messes up your relationship with food. I've mentioned it in this podcast a few times. The whole time I was doing that experiment, and in reality for a long time afterwards, I felt really anxious about certain foods. I felt so guilty for eating something that was like high in fat. I felt guilty when i ate a pizza i was ashamed when i'd grab a sandwich or get a brownie from the canteen i felt like i'd failed whenever i didn't have something that was aesthetic or healthy or going to nourish me i felt like i was i was failing and my relationship with food and i will do an episode on the, on relationship with food more broadly my relationship with food has suffered for a lot of reasons you know not just the wellness approach and the kind of healthy eating approach to to nutrition calorie counting When I did it wrong, wasn't great for my relationship with food. A lot of diets weren't great for my relationship with food, but this one didn't, didn't help. This one definitely did not help. The way that I approach food now, um, personally and with my clients, is that health is all about balance. It's all about getting in foods that make you feel good in a way that makes you feel good. There is no point eating a perfect nutritious diet if you're miserable and bored the whole time, feeling restricted and like you're missing out equally eating in a way that makes you feel uncomfortably full that leaves you feeling sick that doesn't give your body the energy and the nutrients that it needs that leaves you feeling terrible with your skin feeling bad your hair not feeling good that's not healthy either eating a diet that means you can never eat out if that's something that's really important to you that's not healthy eating a diet where you only live off takeaways that's not healthy either it is all about balance and what the wellness approach pushes isn't balanced it is really unbalanced and it's really it sells books and it sells tiktoks and it looks beautiful and it's great for an instagram feed and it's brilliant if you're trying to sell yoga clothes but it's not realistic for 99.9% of people You work hard to have a great life and you deserve to enjoy that life. You don't need to be living this restricted but aesthetic lifestyle that looks good on the outside if it's not making you feel good on the inside. So if you want to use wellness recipes from these books and these influencers, go ahead. I still swear by a Deliciously Ella veg stew recipe from years and years ago that I still use. Um, The Doctor's Kitchen has a fantastic dial recipe that I go back to and go back to because it's really good. But I don't buy into... A lot of the the rhetoric around those recipes, this is going to fix your gut. This is going to you know give you all of these things. it's it's so healthy and nourishing. and I'm gonna eat these foods and suddenly wake up with gorgeous long hair and visible abs because that's not reality. You can use those wellness recipes within your diet, but make it balanced. Also enjoy foods that aren't so, this isn't a word, but wellnessy. because after all, food is just food. whether it is a chia seed or a chocolate raisin, it's still food. Like They are all just food. There are different, different combinations of chemicals that make up those foods, but they're just food and there is nothing magical about kimchi. There is nothing incredible or kind of overwhelmingly amazing about having sweet potato rather than potato. It's all just food. Remember, as I said, that eating what she eats won't make you look like her. That is a mantra that I would take into every single time you look at something on social media. You following the food that I eat won't make you look like me. You exercise the way that I exercise won't make you look like me. That might be a positive for some of you, I don't know. But whenever you see someone on social media and you're tempted to buy whatever they're selling based purely on what they look like, remember that you're not gonna you're not gonna look like her by just doing that. And if you have a fat loss goal this year, or just want to tone up a bit, improve your health and fitness, and you've got a professional career, remember that the approach that you need to take will very will vary very much and very much depend on you, your life, and your goal. These wellness approaches are very one size fits all. They are very fixed. They are very restrictive and they are not realistic for 99.9% of the people listening to this podcast who will have professional careers and who want to not have to sacrifice the things they enjoy in the life they've worked hard for in order to achieve that goal. So I hope you've enjoyed my little rant. I apologize for going off on one there but I think and not all these podcasts are going to be me just ranting about stuff I'm going to do some some positive and uplifting ones as well but this is something that I've been seeing a lot of on social media and I really wanted to address I would love to hear your thoughts I would love to hear your views maybe you disagree with me maybe you think that I'm completely wrong do get in touch via my social media I'm very happy to chat on this um, it's at tyler.tfp on Instagram make sure that you subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening to it on And if you have enjoyed it, please do me a massive favor and share it on your social media and spread the word. It really helps me out. I really want to grow this podcast to help more people to spread the word and to prove that you can be a professional woman, get in great shape and enjoy your life. Have a good one, guys. Enjoy. And I will speak to you very soon.